And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Joining us on the line from UnmaskedTyranny.com is Amy Drake. Amy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm hanging in there. So we have, this is an interesting thing, because we have the, uh, the, the top health official in St. Joseph County accusing the commission of political theater, yet one of the most ironic statements I think that I've ever heard, considering the health officer of St. Joseph County has done nothing but engage in political theater, the entire pandemic, but this is all about that CDC grant. Now, Elkhart turned this down as well, and we've highlighted that this grant requires tracking and quarantine zones and that sort of stuff. That's why Elkhart turned it down. Is that the same reason that St. Joseph County turned it down? It is the same reason, um, but I don't know that they would have known about it right away. You know, we were lucky that this went through Elkhart County first because they were able to alert us to look out for this grant as well. Right. Um, a lot of the county council and the commissioners, they're so used to getting these grants, and, and I'm going to guess that they just pass through a lot of them without really looking at them or reading them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is free money that they're getting. It's not coming out of their budgets, so they figure, why not? Right. Um, so after we heard, you know, what was in the Elkhart um, language, you know, we shared it with our commissioners here, um, and, you know, Derek and Deb, uh, those are two of our Republican commissioners here, were really concerned because two of the, the big lines that we were concerned with were, if you take this grant money, you have to comply with existing or future directives from the HHS secretary on controlling the spread of COVID. Right. Um, and the other one was you had to assist the United States government in the implementation and enforcement of federal orders related to quarantine and isolation. These are major things. And I think that, you know, some people have said, oh, no, that's just boilerplate. But, you know, when they're, they're, they're putting this in there for a reason. Right. And, you know, these are our representatives, and they're signing on to it and agreeing to it. So we better be sure we want to go this way if we're, if we're going to take this money. And in my opinion, if you agree to take this money, you're agreeing to do these things if, if they, you know, call you on on it. Um, but Dr. Einters' argument was, oh, no, they say these kind of things all the time. We don't really have to follow them. And so well, (laughs) California may not have to pay back train loans that they get from the federal government, but I think that they're going to come after St. Joseph County, Indiana. Yeah, um, I I think it's it's silly not to think that they could do whatever they wanted. They certainly could come after us for any of these things. I mean, things have gotten a lot more strict. You know, we've we've seen the government get a lot more involved. Right. so we don't know. So why should we sign away our rights? We want we want local control. Well, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, when you're dealing with open language like that, where policies can change, and again, those come from bureaucrats, they don't come from elected officials, and those policy changes may not be something that you would support in the future, but you're giving them permission to change the rules just because you're going to get $3 million, which, let's be honest, $3 million is not a lot of money. And when you're looking at uh, Dr. Einders, who, again, is, has not only violated the law throughout all of this, but has repeatedly engaged in political theater, um, he told some local news outfit, he goes, it was political theater on the part of the commissioners kowtowing to misinformation and conspiracy theorists. What misinformation and what conspiracy theorists? Because we have quarantine zones from this same agreement and the, this grant money popping up all over the country. Now, they're supposed to be voluntary, Right. There's supposed to be a place for you to go if you don't have a place to isolate. But we've also seen where voluntary measures turn into compulsory measures during the pandemic pretty darn quick. Yeah. And I think we've seen so much tracking that we never imagined. And, 
so many things going on, so many restrictions to our freedoms that we never imagined. So we can't be real quick to sign up for this stuff. Well, and, you know, they, they like to tell you that there isn't any tracking or that nobody's participating in any tracking, but it's it's kind of interesting when you have members of the federal government and even members, uh, people who work for like Pfizer and these other companies go, we know exactly who's been vaccinated, who hasn't. Uh, we know exactly who has been wearing masks in accordance with guidelines and who hasn't. There's an awful lot of tracking data out there in the United States for something that's allegedly not being tracked. Right. And, you know, and with this grant, so this grant to me is huge because it hires, you know, eight new workers plus a social worker plus an information tech guy or a data analyst. And you wouldn't need a data analyst if you weren't doing a lot of tracking. So they have a whole new position in here just to track. So right. that's scary. Well, has, has Dr. Einters or anybody else acknowledged that one of the main reasons that they have to do this is that, let's, let's be quite frank here again, um, the black population is not getting vaccinated. And, right. and and that's to me that's to me a huge issue with this. Is it's kind of a racist grant, right? And and they're saying, oh no, you're not reaching out to our minority communi- communities. And these commissioners said no to something that would have reached out to the minority communities, right? But you know they they want to go into these minority communities and do more testing and contact tracing and immunization. Um, in Elkhart, it was concentrated on the black community, the Latino community, um, and the Amish community. And funny um, in our area. Um, in our county, Dr. Einters wants to hit Walkerton, and Walkerton does not want to vaccinate. Um, they have low vaccination numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but here they're going to push into that community and try to twist their arm and, and force them into this, in my opinion. And so they're sending these workers, and they actually use the term deploying these workers. It's like <laughs> there's an army going yeah. after these people to, to, to convince them to do these things. So I think it's it's questioning these people's educational level, considering them ignorant, that they can't make these choices for themselves and that the good government needs to come in and teach them how to handle it. Yeah. And once again, you know, Dr. Einters goes out there and says, oh, it's conspiracy theories and misinformation, yet provides no actual examples of the conspiracy theories or the misinformation. That's something he's known for doing. He likes using platitudes uh, to attack people who disagree with him because he's a tyrant. I mean, there's no other way to phrase who Dr. Einters is. He's a tyrant who's consistently yeah. been wrong and has consistently abused his authority and has been found to have done so in a court of law, by the way. Um, so, I mean, you know, obviously this is one step on this. And uh, Dr. Einters has said that he's he's hopeful that the county council will override the commissioner's veto on this. So what's the next step? Yeah, so originally when it went to the county council, I mean, it went through them first in the past 8-1. Mark Rood on the county council was the only one who turned it down and has consistently turned down health department measures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when commissioners, they said no, two to one, and now it's going to go back to the council for an override, and they'll probably override it. And, and in the end, the health department, even though they're having that spit, is probably going to end up with the grant anyway. Um, but, you know, we're still working on them. We're still trying to tell them to do the right thing. Um, so if people want to get involved, um, they go to my website at amnestyranny.com. They can sign up for my daily newsletter, and I will tell you how you can contact these people and try to get them to move on this issue. And while you have one council member who voted no against it, I mean, do the other ones, have they, the, I'm, I'm being facetious here, have they read the thing? Do they have any idea what's actually in this this grant? Do they understand you know, what the quarantine zones are and that they're real and that they have been popping up? We're not talking about mythological FEMA camps like we're spreading around several years ago. These are real these are real quarantine zones that are supposed again, they're right. supposed to be voluntary, but we've seen a lot of voluntary things throughout the pandemic be, be flipped to become mandatory again. So there's a, a legitimate concern there given history. 
Yeah, and I mean, I did, I did share the language with the. There's three Republicans on on the county council. Um, one of them is on our side, but the other two even are not. And I shared it with them. And the response I got back from one of them was, "This is just boilerplate." So um, they don't sound all that concerned either. So we don't, we, we don't have a good shot with these guys. I guess they should probably pay attention to what's been happening in some of those small towns in Washington State. Well, I mean, well, Washington State is like the first place to kind of roll out these these quarantine zones and people are are furious. And it, it's interesting how these quarantine zones end up uh, surprisingly very, very close to Native American land in Washington State. Uh, it's kind of interesting how that happens, uh, considering Native Americans tend to have a high vaccination rate. But it's yeah, this it's almost like they're out there just saying, hey. The, the fears about this, and this is what I'm, you know, just deducing here from Einders' letter uh, to a local news station, is that, oh, it's just conspiracy theories. It's not if it's really if it's really happening and you can physically see them and there's news stories from credible mainstream news news press about these things happening. And are you re- really okay with it when you're talking about just $3 million? Plus, you're creating all these positions like you're talking about, Amy which means budgetarily you're going to have to account for their salaries now going forward because they're not going to yeah, fire it, those people. You know that's not going to happen. Right, right. And it, and it makes us kind of focus on COVID for three more years. This is a three-year grant. So right. It's like we're not even allowed to stop thinking about COVID. We can never see a way out because for three more years we're going to be do, doing COVID stuff, and after that they're going to be renewing grants for more COVID things. Yeah, and I just went over the uh, the COVID numbers in the state of Indiana as well as the United States. That that would be a gross misuse of, of taxpayer funds. Um, but, again, as you're pointing out, for the next three years you're looking at the, the situation in Indiana is very, very good right now situation in the United States is very, very good right now. It's going to continue to improve. Uh, the only places where we seem to have any issues with increasing numbers are places that have gone super, super strict and have done exactly what Dr. Einters wanted to do here. And those places are the ones that are struggling with numbers right now. Everywhere else seems to be doing okay. Yeah, that's true. And I, I, we're just we're just creating more problems by going with more more regulations. I mean, the CDC is what got us into all the, the trouble in the first place. You know, government intervention. We've got, you know, the lockdowns didn't work. We had business closures, unemployment, underemployment, now mental health issues, kids suffocating in masks and not learning, supply chain crisis. This is all because the government got involved. And the CDC giving us $3 million more in our county is just more government getting involved, and it's going to make the situation worse here. And a friendly reminder for everybody listening to this, when the federal government mandates that you create a new local position and they give you some money for that local position, when those grants run out, local government is now responsible for generating the revenue to pay for those salaries, and they will not fire those people. So that means taxes will go up or programs will be cut. Either way, uh, it basically is going to mean that you're going to be paying more money for these new positions that are created with this grant, which is very, very narrowly defined uh, for a purpose that won't last forever. So that's something to consider as well. But, hey, if they think they got an extra $3 million floating around for after this grant's over, Amy, I guess then uh, why why, do, why aren't they giving us refunds now? Why aren't they giving us the refunds? Oh, you mean for the $3 million? Yeah, yeah I, I assume they think that they have enough money. Yeah. yeah, I assume they have yeah. enough money for when the grant runs out that they can just pay for all of this. So, All right, well, Amy, I appreciate it. UnmaskedTyranny.com to link up with Amy Drake and, again, uh, you know, put pressure on the, uh, the council. But, like you said, uh, it's probably not going to look very good for St. Joseph residents. Oh, and don't forget, um, I'm having an event with you. November 5th, Dr. Stock is coming, um, yep. the doctor that went viral in Indiana. So 
It's an event we're having together. So November 5th, people can come to my website that's, and find out about that. That's right. And if they want to listen to my first interview with Dr. Stock, they can go onto my website at theburningtruth.us and listen to that one to get a preview of what we're going to be discussing on November 5th. Can't wait. All right, Amy, appreciate it. Thank you much. You take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. See, somebody says uh, they think the card's by 14. Could be. It's a good thing that FanDuel gives you an opportunity to uh, to formulate those any way that you want. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Josh, do we have... Is that somebody that's been, like, holding over from uh, before Amy? Is that about the Jefferson thing? Do you remember their name? Tom. Tom, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hello. What's up, bud? Uh, I was wondering, you know, I heard about... Uh, wanting to get rid of Jefferson. Mm-hmm. The, the whole concept of taking something that was perfectly legal then and moving it 200 years or 150 years yeah, and poo-pooing it, I mean, who can stand that kind of scrutiny? You know, they're, they're going to cancel everybody well, in this one-strike-you're-out cancel culture. Well, and, and you know, this is the... Here's the thing that people have to understand, all right? A lot of the African slaves, most of them, who were brought over from Africa to not just the United States, but Brazil. Brazil got a lot more slaves than the United States did. They were slaves in Africa. They were already slaves in Africa to other African tribes, and those tribes, you know, would sell their slaves and things like that to uh, to the Europeans. Again, nobody's justifying it. Okay, Nobody is. But here's the thing. You know, hundreds of years later, we now have, uh, for the most most of the world, we now have the, the moral clarification of how wrong slavery is. Back then, again, it was a common, a common thing. It was not unusual anywhere in the world. It wasn't, you know, they, they, they try to, they try to gaslight, rewrite history and say that slavery in the United States was the only place that it existed. And it was the worst uh, worst place where you know slavers are treated the worst. It was the longest. It was, it was by far and away the the worst experience for uh, slaves out of anywhere in the world. And that's just it's fundamentally not true. And you know when I had this debate with uh, Al Sharpton once, when Al Sharpton was like, uh, you know, everybody needs needs to pay reparations. White people need to pay reparations. Well, my family wasn't even here. He goes, well, it doesn't matter because you've benefited. I was like, okay, well, then I want reparations for your ancestors enslaving my relatives. And he had no idea what to say about that. Because here's the thing. It's true, but he didn't know what to say about that. You You can go back in time and you can find that probably every human being has an ancestor who was enslaved. At some point in human history, you could probably do that if if we had the means to do so. It doesn't excuse it. It doesn't justify it. Um, But if you're going to go after some of these founding father statues because they didn't end slavery when you think they should have ended slavery at a time where it was, and and the quote that that I I read was, it was a radical idea to end the idea of slavery. Back then, it was a radical idea. You had to change people's minds. You had to change their hearts. It took generations to do that. And eventually, we got to that point. And now, of course, people want to apply those new standards that we have to things that happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And it's just, it's not, 
applicable. It's not going to work. It is okay for you to look at something and go, hey, they did this back then. It was common, but it was wrong. Yeah, that's that's acceptable. You you can do that. We now know that. But it doesn't it doesn't change all of the other things. And it doesn't change the fact that Thomas Jefferson was was a staunch opponent of slavery and tried to abolish it throughout his, his entire life. No, you you take you know, like saying that a person of that time well, he didn't know how to drive a car. How could he run the country if he didn't know how to drive a car? You know, he didn't know how to run a computer. He didn't know how to turn on an electric light. <laughs> you you could look at, you know, some of the government policies that Jefferson, you know, would have supported versus wouldn't have supported that have benefited people in the modern era. And you can go back and say, well, founding fathers wouldn't have supported that sort of thing. And I'm not talking about constitutional amendments, but just other general policies. And you can you can play this game all day long. That's the point. And it doesn't it doesn't do any good. And I'm, you know, not only does Thomas Jefferson, I think, deserve a lot of credit for, you know, writing some of the most amazing documents ever in human history that still inspire new nations all over the world. But he was a lifelong opponent of slavery, and he gets no credit for that advocacy at a time where that was not popular. Thomas Jefferson publicly stood against slavery. Yes, he did own slaves, but he publicly stood against slavery and tried to end slavery when it was an extremely unpopular opinion. And it was a very difficult and radical idea for him to to convey to people, and he gets no credit for that whatsoever. He just gets demonized as somebody who owns slaves at a time when it was commonplace for people to own slaves. Um, and like I said, it's fine if you want to criticize him for his perceived hypocrisy, but at least look at the letters that he wrote and try to understand why he felt he could not free his own slaves. And then you can make a determination of whether or not you feel he was just making an excuse. I think that's fair. Uh, because, you know, if, if somebody wants to say, I didn't want to free my slaves because I don't think they could have survived without me, that's fine. But did you give them a salary anyway? Did you pay them so they could have nice things and they could have a comfortable place and they could de- decorate their homes the way they wanted? And if you didn't, you're probably still being a little bit of a hypocrite. And it's okay to point that out. But you're, they're just pretending that he was pro-slavery and was this horrendous slave owner and they're ignoring his advocacy and his efforts to end slavery and they're just pretending that that doesn't exist. Yeah, a lot of those things that happened was, at the time, a necessary evil. I mean, the lefties now look at employees in a factory or something as being slaves. You know that. Well, Tom, it's worse. Them. It's worse than that because we've heard N- NBA players say that they're slaves. Right. You know. So I mean, it's it's worse than that. You know. But again, in the modern era, when you don't have context on, on a very very complicated and very emotional issue. Um, you start to lose some of the some of the nuance that is very important to understanding what actually was going on. And it's not something that, you know, a, a teenager or 20 something or even a 30 something can understand in the modern context because they don't they don't have that reference from history. Hey, I got to run. I'm a little bit late, but Tom, appreciate you holding okay. through, man. Thank you much. Bye. All right. You take care. MNC News time is 433. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Well, I mean, speaking of conspiracy theories, since Dr. Einters is out there going, it's all conspiracy theories. How many conspiracy theories during COVID, Josh? How many conspiracy theories during COVID end up being true? At this point, all of them. What do you mean not a lot? The lab leak theory was a conspiracy, right? Uh... 
Uh, a mutation shortly after the vaccines were introduced was a conspiracy theory that wouldn't happen. Uh, the vaccines would prevent you from getting COVID. And and people said that was a no, no, you, you'll still get COVID afterwards. That ended up being true. You can go through all of these conspiracy theories. And it's funny how many of them have ended up being true because pretty much all of them. And you got Dr. Einters out there and others. And, and here's the thing. Dr. Einters has been caught lying. Dr. Einters has been caught abusing his authority. And court of law even ruled that he abused his authority. Um, and here, here, one of those conspiracy theories out there is that the NIH-funded uh, gain-of-function experiments. Uh, it's a conspiracy theory. The NIH didn't do that. Of course, then we found out that the NIH did do that. And there's been a dramatic update in that case. Uh, Two weeks after the National Institutes of Health director Francis Collins announced his retirement, his agency, I've got a list of like, um, not conspiracies, but crazy things that happened under his watch, by the way. His agency has complicated congressional testimony by Collins and National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases director Anthony Fauci about alleged gain-of-function virus research sponsored by the U.S., now, and here's here's the thing. Everybody knows that Dr. Fauci straight up lied about gain-of-function research. He did. He got caught. Senator Paul called him out on it. He then tried to do a tiptoe around it and said, no, 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 it's not gain-of-function. Look, we changed the definition of what gain-of-function is a couple of years ago, so that way I could say that we weren't doing gain-of-function even though we were doing gain-of-function because we changed the definition, but it's the same thing. Remember that? But it was gain-of-function by any scientific definition, period. It's a gain of function. Then you remember when uh, when people were saying they were trying to intentionally infect these bats with a with a human transmittable virus. Ah, that's a conspiracy theory too. And then we ended up finding out that uh, turns out they were doing that. There was a whole plan. They actually approached DARPA about doing it. DARPA, the Pentagon, basically. The Pentagon said, uh, "No, we're not going to take a a new virus that could be transmitted to human beings and inject a bunch of bats." In China, because bats will bite people and cause the infection to infect people, and then people will infect people. Even the Pentagon said, "No, we're not. We're not going to do that." And the Pentagon will do some shady stuff when it comes to research. And the Pentagon was like, "No, we are not going to fund that." So what happened? Well, they they found a nice little roundabout way to fund DASAC and. Uh, from the NIH, and then they got that money to China, and yeah, no, lo and behold, suddenly, automatically, we have a back coronavirus that can be transmitted to people, Josh. It's weird how that happens. They approach the Pentagon about doing it. The Pentagon says no, and a couple of years later, we've got a, a back coronavirus that can infect human beings. Hmm. Hmm. And the same company ran by Dasak who got funding from from Anthony Fauci, the same exact company as the pass-through, also is the same company that pitched DARPA about doing it. Oh, that was a conspiracy theory, though, except now it's been totally and completely confirmed, and we have the documents to prove it. So you've got Francis Collins. Francis Collins uh, retires, not requires, retires from the National Institutes of Health. This is Fauci's boss, right? Both officials have denied approving grants for such research through the EcoHealth Alliance, that's DASEC's group, and Wuhan Institute of Virology, but a letter on Wednesday, that's yesterday, 
from NIH Principal Deputy Director Lawrence Tabak to the House Oversight Committee ranking Republican James Comer describes an unforeseen experimental result that calls the denials into question. So Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci have testified before Congress that they didn't do gain-of-function research. Well, specifically, we have evidence of them doing gain-of-function research, but they changed the definition, so it's really not gain-of-function, even though it is gain-of-function research, but it's really not. But now we've got the new director, the deputy director for the NIH, basically saying, yeah, we totally did gain-of-function research. The letter shows that NIH, and specifically Collins, Fauci, and Tabak, lied to Congress, lied to the press, and lied to the public again, Richard Ebricht, uh, Ebright, I don't, I guess Ebright, yeah, lab director at Rutgers University, the uh, Waskman Institute of Microbiology, tweeted on Wednesday night when sharing the letter, uh, knowingly, willfully, brazenly are the quotes. The final progress report submitted by EcoHealth in August described a limited experiment in which a modified back coronavirus made mice sicker than the original virus. As sometimes occurs in science, this was an unexpected result of the research as opposed to something that the researchers set out to do. Mm-hmm. NIH determined that the proposed research did not meet the standard for enhanced pathogens and pandemic potential because it wasn't shown that these bat coronaviruses could infect humans. But out of an abundance of caution, it required EcoHealth to immediately report a one-log increase in growth if it happened, which would trigger a secondary review of the research by the NIH. EcoHealth did not do that. And it now has five days to turn over any and all unpublished data from the research to the National Institutes of Health. The letter repeatedly emphasizes that viruses studied, studied under the EcoHealth grant and uh, subaward to the Wuhan lab could not have become SARS-CoV-2 because the sequence of the viruses are genetically very distinct. Mm-hmm. But what it does show is that they... They did, in fact, fund gain-of-function research. So more evidence of there being gain-of-function research. Ah, I'm shocked. I'm just, I'm stunned, ladies and gentlemen. Good thing that we've got people like Dr. Einters in St. Joseph County just swatting down them conspiracy theories. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. You know, the news article left out one part of this letter about Ego Health Alliance. So I just want to, I'll back up a little bit. The research plan was reviewed by NIH in advance of funding, and NIH determined that it did not fit the definition of research involving enhanced pathogens of pandemic potential, E, triple P, because these bad coronaviruses had not been shown to infect humans. Much like COVID, Josh, for many months. Remember, it was a conspiracy theory that, that COVID could, in, could infect human beings for a couple of months there, according to WHO. Let's not forget that. As such, the research was not subject to departmental review under the HHS P3CO framework. However, out of an abundance of caution and as an additional layer of oversight, Language was included in the terms and conditions of the grant award to EcoHealth Alliance that outlined criteria for the secondary review, such as a requirement that the grantee report immediately a one-log increase in growth. These measures would prompt a secondary review to determine whether the research aims should be reevaluated 
or new biosafety measures should be enacted. Now, here's the crucial part here. This is the part where we we see that Fauci and Collins and others lied to Congress. EcoHealth failed to report this finding right away, as was required by the terms of the grant. EcoHealth is being notified that they have five days from today to submit to NIH any and all unpublished data from the experiments and work conducted under this award. Additional compliance efforts continue. Ooh, nitty. Ah, it's just a conspiracy theory, though. You know, those darn conspiracy theorists. Uh, here we go. The former uh, CDC director is now saying that, uh, what is, hold on, we're going to get into this, because I, yeah, I always want to make sure it's right. So, CDC, former CDC director, this is Robert Redfield, revealed that over 40%, hey, Josh, remember, only 1% or 2% of COVID cases are breakthrough infections of vaccinated people, Josh. Only 1% or 2%. So, uh, why is it that over 40% of COVID-19 deaths in Maryland are vaccinated people? Just, just asking questions. Why are the people in Maryland so weak, Josh? Why is it that they can die from breakthrough infections, but nobody else in the country can, Josh? Redfield, who previously oversaw the CDC during the Trump administration, and now serves as anomaly Republican Mayor Governor Larry Hogan, senior advisor on COVID-19, uh, made the claims during an appearance on Fox News earlier this week. And uh, this is not really new information. It's just official now. Uh, a lot of times people may feel it's a rare event that fully vaccinated people die, said Redfield. I happen to be the senior advisor to Governor Hogan in the state of Maryland. In the last six to eight weeks, more than 40% of people who died in Maryland were fully vaccinated. Hmm. It's a conspiracy theory, Josh, that there's breakthrough infections that kill people. Hey, remember when it was a conspiracy theory, right, Dr. Einters? Remember when it was a conspiracy theory that vaccinated people could spread the virus to other people. Remember when that was a conspiracy theory? And then and then Fauci said that that could happen. And then the Israeli government said, no, we're not sure that Fauci's right about that. But then we had the UC Davis study and other studies that showed, no, no, yep, yeah, it turns out that uh, Fauci's right about this. And see, Fauci gets credit for being right twice. And it uh, turns out that fully vaccinated people can spread the virus just as easily as unvaccinated people. Huh, man. That, but that was, a cons- that was a conspiracy theory, Josh. Dr. Einter said so. The, the, the top health official for St. Joseph County said it was a conspiracy theorist. Ah, yeah, guess it, guess it wasn't, huh? Boy, it's, it's, it's interesting how all of these conspiracy theories keep coming true on this. And of course, the conspiracy theories, they always had weight because they came from experts themselves. They didn't come from bloggers who are trying to become citizen journalists. You know, like with the whole 9-11 inside job conspiracy theory. That wasn't real. But unlike that, we're dealing with people who are experts in their field pointing to this data and going, hey, the stuff they're saying isn't exactly accurate. Hmm. Kind of like the conspiracy theories about quarantine zones in the CDC grant going to St. Joseph County. Just a conspiracy theory, though. They're just popping up for real in other states, but total conspiracy theory. More coming up.